Fit After 30 show, episode number 18, the big dirty fat loss audit. Now team, this is gonna be a little bit of a different episode. This is not gonna be one to listen to passively while you're doing your steps or you're driving or what have you. I'm gonna ask you to actually pause this right now, get yourself a pen, grab a bit of paper, and this is gonna be an interactive session which you're gonna get an absolute ton from, but it is gonna require your attention. Let's get on with it. Welcome to the Fit After 30 show, the podcast for those who refuse to accept that they're past it or that their best days are behind them and are ready to demand more from themselves despite some potential new challenges. Aches might be there, your time might be a little limited and your responsibilities are likely through the roof. But ultimately, if you're listening in, I know you're not up for just settling. Welcome in once again as we explore how to excel and balance physique, family and fat loss in this new chapter of your life. I'm your host Sharif Lawton and this is the Fit After 30 show. Okay, okay, okay. Fit After 30 show episode number 20. We're on such a roll right now. I know I've said this before but honestly since saying I'm only going to commit to doing this some Mondays, I flipping well, haven't missed one. I've not missed a Monday so I'm giving myself a massive pat on the back for that. Hopefully you're enjoying the content. Hopefully you've seen potentially some, some guest speakers on here. Um, some different kind of coaches within the industry and uh, I've got a ton more really cool guest speakers lined up for you who are experts in obviously their own field of expertise or they're you know buddies of mine within the space the fitness space the coaching space and uh, you know it, it's oftentimes the fact that a lot of us were saying the same things you know calorie deficit drink your water get your steps in resistance training protein fruits vegetables like it's not necessarily anything revolutionary but you know for whatever reason you're going to resonate with you know hopefully me because you're listening in uh, and my coaching style my philosophy my way of doing things my energy more so than someone else and that's totally cool and then someone else is going to resonate more with you know another coach because of x y and z reason their you know similarities in their background or upbringing or ethos or what have you and i just think that ultimately you know coaching is a very it's a very kind of personal relationship in a way and you really need to kind of like gel with that person and uh you know you you soon kind of find out like who who you listen to why you listen to them and you know who you're willing to take advice from versus you know the people who you simply aren't and i'm going off on a massive tangent now but like you know in my time as a one-to-one -one personal trainer back in the day I saw some terrible personal trainers in terms of like their knowledge and expertise and actual like, you know, groundwork and foundations were probably a little bit shaky, but they were back to back full in the diary because they had personality, they had energy, they had buzz and they had connection to their clients. And I had some people with all the knowledge in the world, all the qualifications, all the courses, all the expertise, and they couldn't pick up clients because they were just absolutely boring and dull and you couldn't resonate with anything they were saying because they lived their life like this robot and they... they you know, they lacked empathy. So, uh, you know, just wanted to, to throw that out there. Massive tangent. I didn't even realize I was going to talk about that. But anyway, here we go. Okay, so on with the show. Why have I asked you to not listen to this episode passively? Why have I asked you to grab a bit of paper and a pen? And uh, what is he up to? So I kind of had this thought, right? And uh, basically, 
for our private coaching clients inside 23 Lean, every kind of quarter, three to four times a year, we all get together. We have a massive meetup. Um, the last one was an absolutely phenomenal one. Um, just outside of London in a private members club called Sopus House, whereby we delivered obviously training all day in terms of, you know, talks and, and Victoria did a talk. I did was coaching throughout the day and what have you. But we also got to, you know, physically meet up and, and have like a gym session as well, which is incredible. You know, the, the kind of communication, the energy, the conversation, the, the camaraderie was absolutely solid. And then at the end, we, uh, you know, we had a few drinks, fair few drinks and a, a really nice meal, which is fantastic. But anyway, 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 the point is, is that part of the presentation in which we did is we did something called the Big Dirty Fat Loss Audit, whereby we were just looking at the, the potential kind of holes and the plugs within our clients' fitness and fat loss journey, right? Just to highlight, again, no right or wrong, no good or bad, more so the awareness behind like, where are you winning and where do you need help? And I just thought, you know what, for my listeners on the Fit After 30 show, I'm gonna do the exact same thing. I think it's gonna be such a powerful exercise for you because some of it you'll know, you'll know where you kind of slip up, you'll know where you're good at, you'll know the common kind of roadblocks and barriers and what have you, but there will definitely be some things which you probably didn't even realize were you know important or impactful that you're like, wow, I'm really dropping the ball here. And there might be other things that you're like, well, like actually, no, I'm really consistent at this certain thing. And that's why potentially you're, you're now getting some really solid results. So what we're gonna be doing is breaking it down into three distinct sections, okay? So we're gonna have a nutrition section, we're gonna have a training section, and we're gonna have a lifestyle section, okay? Those are the three kind of big areas in which we look to optimize inside both of our coaching programs to make sure that our clients, you know, achieve absolutely phenomenal outcomes, right? But if you now just on your bit of paper or your pad or what have you, if you wanna write down training, if you wanna write down nutrition, and if you wanna write down lifestyle as like three kind of broad columns. So just go ahead and do that just now. And within every uh, subsection, there's now gonna be about 10 questions or so, okay? So we're gonna write the questions down together and it's just gonna have a, a Y or an N next to it, a yes or a no, which you can now circle to raise awareness around like, are you doing this thing, yes or no? And then we can sort of have a little think about, okay, I would really like some feedback from you. So yes, like podcasting, I always find a bit weird. I'm just like talking to a bunch of sound waves and you know, sometimes you get feedback, sometimes you don't sort of thing. But again, if you wanna email me even, just to like my, my personal address, um, sharif at slcoachinghub.com and just let me know kind of the scores, let me know where you were good at, let me know where you kind of dropped the ball on just so we can potentially raise awareness around, you know, your fitness and fat loss journey, what needs improving, but also just from like a, a, you know, a content point of view, if everyone seems to be tripping up over the same few things, well, guess what? Me as a coach, me as a creator, I now know where to best place my content, right? So you're, you know, you're getting what you need rather than the content I think you need, do you get me, okay? So hopefully you've now drawn out the columns and we are gonna pull up first and foremost the nutrition success checklist questions. The nutrition questions basically. Like I say, there's between sort of eight and ten questions. Okay. Yes or no. And you know, this is under the assumption right now that your goal is fat loss, that your goal is body recomposition, lose body fat, gain lean tissue. Yeah, that's that's kind of what everyone wants, whether they know it or not. All right. Very cool. Okay, so question number one, just go ahead and jot this down. Are you eating? 80 to 90% of the time, single ingredient, whole nutrient dense foods. Yeah. And by that, we now mean, you know, predominantly shopping around the outer perimeters of the supermarket. Are we thinking things like lean cuts of meat? Are we thinking things like fruits, like veggies, like oats, like potatoes, like Greek yogurt if tolerated well, or dairy? Are we thinking things like, you know, pulses and grains rather than, you know, super highly processed stuff, which is hyper palatable, oftentimes low in protein, low in fiber, low in satiety? 
and uh, you know can lead to some issues when we're now looking at food choices just from a, a hunger and a satiety and an energy point of view. All right. Question number two: Are most foods hitting the food scale before eating it, or are you tracking everything accurately? And what, my, what I mean by this is: Are you now, you know, are you winging it? Do you think you're having, you know, two thousand calories, and actually it's closer to three and a half thousand? You know, are you scanning things into my fitness pal? Are you being proactive with that, right? Is, it, is the quantity of food you're now eating hitting the food scale before your lips? Yes or no? Simple as that, okay? And again, you might be thinking, gosh, that sounds like a bit, you know, a bit much. I'm, I'm not going to live my my life like that. And that's totally cool and you absolutely don't need to. But, you know, my fitness pal and the food scale is not something in which I, you know, personally use year round. But best believe if I've got a hardcore muscle building and or fat loss goal going on, that's that's what, you know, that's what it takes. If you're not, you know... If you're not assessing, you're only guessing. And a surefire way to know how many calories are going down the pipe every single day is by knowing how many calories are going down the pipe every single day by measuring it, right? Simple as that. Okay, number three, pretty self-explanatory this one. Are you limiting snacking in between meals? Yes or no? Again, we've done a whole podcast on this, but generally snacking leads to an increase in, in you know overall calories, shock horror, not a decrease, okay? So if we're having more you know wholesome, uh, bigger meals less frequently typically that is the way to go for fat loss yeah uh, question number four or five i've lost count already uh, are you eating 30 grams of protein in every meal again unless you're a vegan vegetarian we should now be looking at animal products for the most part so we get the full spectrum of amino acids we get the full amino acid profile and essentially 30 grams is, is generally the minimum that we want to be looking at when it comes to per meal protein serving okay uh, next one, are you ensuring your plate is colorful with a variety of fruits and veggies? And you know, like some some mainstream fitness advice, most of it is absolute nonsense, but the whole like eat, eat the rainbow, yeah? Eat like a colorful, um, you know, plate of fruits and vegetables and just food in general in your diet is actually really good advice because you get a, a really kind of diverse mix of micronutrition, which if you just ate, you know, broccoli and green beans, those were the only two vegetables that you ate on repeat, you simply wouldn't be, okay? Um, cool. So next one, are you leaving two hours clear before bed without eating? Yes or no? Purely not from like a, you know, the fat loss fairies are going to magically store body fat because you ate late at night. No, it's more from a digestive point of view. So we know that, you know, you potentially will get disturbed sleep if your body is trying to digest a heavy meal late at night compared with leaving two hours clear. So, you know, that food is now digested and you can get into the, you know, the deeper levels of sleep undisturbed as it were. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, um, next, are you taking time to chew your food and eating in an undistracted manner? We know that we simply get more from our food in terms of a, a digestive point of view, in terms of like a, the ability to actually, you know, extract the, the micronutrition, the vitamins, the minerals from the food by, you know, eating undistracted, and actually chewing our food. Chewing is such a hack, such a hack, which most people pay no attention to whatsoever, okay? Um, are you eating out a maximum of two to three times per week? Obviously, if fat loss is the goal and you're consistently eating out, well, guess what? The chef doesn't care about your nutrition goals. The chef certainly doesn't care about your MyFitnessPal. The chef cares about repeat business. And what's going to cause repeat business? It is going to be hyperpalatable, really tasty food in which makes you go, oh my God, I'm definitely coming back here again. Yeah. Um, talking of which, next one, are you limiting highly palatable calorie-dense foods? Yeah. So again, calories in, calories out. We can pretty much eat anything that we want, yada, yada, yada. However, tell me how it feels, you know, when you have half a bite of a Mars bar, you know, how how easy is it to just put it down? Or do you really want to finish the full thing and probably have some more? Versus have a bowl of white potatoes with some salt on it, 
Um, tell me how you're feeling after that. Do you want do you want more? Is, is there like a big craving for some more? No, of course not. You're done, right? So again, different foods are now going to make you feel differently. And we can, you know, there's only a certain amount of willpower in which we're now able to, uh, I guess, produce when it comes to decision making around foods and if you're constantly eating these ultra palatable foods which are sending like dopamine signals to your brain that are like oh my god feed me feed more of me basically because humans are hardwired to basically love sugar salt and fat and that combination you know and therefore if we're consistently eating those types of foods then obviously you know that, that is going to be a problem okay and then the last one are you being proactive when it comes to your food and inputting your foods in advance we talk a lot about being proactive with your food choices inside 23 Lean, inside Flight Deck and what have you, because basically if you're waking up and winging it, again, you're just making it harder for yourself because you only have X amount of decisions which your brain can you know, deal with every single day. And if you're now wondering, oh, should I eat oats or cereal for breakfast? Should I have chocolate whey or this way? You know, there's 101 million different decisions which you're now making. So you wanna basically streamline and automate the process as much as possible when it does come to nutrition. So ultimately it just goes on autopilot and you're not playing, you know, nutritional Tetris with your MyFitnessPal all day long. Yeah, does that make sense? Very cool. So that was the nutrition side of the big dirty fat loss audit done. And I wondered how that fared. Um, are there obvious holes? Are there things in which you're doing well? Again, shoot me an email or just grab me on Instagram at Sharif Lawson. Um, like I say, email me, Sharif at slcoachinghub.com. Pigeon mail, do what you gotta do. Just like, let me know, you know? I'd really appreciate some feedback on this because otherwise it just feels like I'm literally talking out the window, which I am, I'm looking out the window right now. Very cool team. All right, so we're gonna go into the training side of things now. And we're just gonna speed it up a little bit just because I don't feel like, you know, I'm gonna necessarily need to elaborate on every single point. Hopefully some of them are fairly self-explanatory, but if they're not, then uh, rest assured, we'll, we'll be where we need to be. All right, so number one, are you progressively overloading with reps, sets, or load over time? Yes or no, okay? And with this, it's a case of, you know, we know that to cause the adaptations you want within your body, you have to force it outside of its comfort zone. You have to push it outside of what is now called homeostasis, right? Which is the maintenance of a constant internal environment. So if you just turn up and you quote unquote feel like you're having a hard workout and you feel like you're, you know, training hard and, you know, a lot of the times the proxy for how hard, or sorry, pardon me, the proxy for like how good a workout you had is you know how close does it feel like I've been hit by a bus after the workout? How sore am I? And that's absolute nonsense because I could get you to curl a can of Coke 300 times right now and you're gonna have a sore bicep in the morning. Are you gonna have any sort of growth? Absolutely not, right? So again, we wanna be progressively overloading. We don't wanna just be exercising. We wanna be training. And I cannot tell you what a complete distinction this is, all right? progressively overloading over time, taking you know strategic breaks and deloads and what have you, that's how you're gonna be able to get the physique that you want versus exercising to flap around and burn calories is not something which I'm interested in, is not something which I coach um, because ultimately it leads to a lot of wasted energy and a lot of wheel spinning, all right? Cool, question number two. Are you getting in eight to 12K steps per day and keeping NEAT high? NEAT is an acronym for non-exercise activity thermogenesis, basically meaning all the stuff in which you're now doing outside of traditional activity, traditional exercise, yeah? So walking, tapping your foot, like just basically being active. Right now I'm on a standing desk, I'm not sitting down. That would contribute to my knee, yeah? Number three, are your last reps significantly slower than your first? And that's how we know that we're getting close to failure, okay? And a great way of doing this is now filming your sets and replaying it. 
because again your mind will tell you yeah that like oh you're training hard enough when the reality is sometimes you press that button back and you're like oh there was like five more reps in there that i just simply didn't do at least yeah very cool are your muscles this is the next question by the way are your muscles constantly sore and achy okay like what's your recovery like and if they're always sore and always achy i would say that either you're doing too much volume or, or b you know you're not recovering on time and that's not good okay uh, next question, are you consistently tracking your workouts? This is a big one, this is a big one. And you know what, sod it, I'm gonna plug my incredible, and I must say it's incredible, uh, A5 uh, beautifully made training logbook, which again, 23 lean clients get for free, but essentially, it's just a great way of you know programming it and, and plugging in and tracking your workouts. I actually sell it on my site right now. Obviously, like hardly talk about it on social media. I'm not trying to, you know, get rich of selling a book essentially. But, you know, I think it's about 19 quid, 20 quid. And essentially, it's a, it's a massive book where you can log your sets and your reps and your weight and, you know, what kind of moves you are in and your pre-workout and your intra-workout and your pre-workout meal and your post-workout meal. And basically, just having that data now to, you know, look back. And also, the benefit of doing a lot like that is, let's be honest, Everything's on your phone these days, right? Everything's on the computer, everything's on the phone. We're just like wired in digitally. And so for me now, I have the ability to whack on like airplane mode, um, pick out my logbook, pen and paper it, old school it. Man, it just feels so much better. Like, yeah, you can use the apps and all the rest of it. And they're really handy, really cool. Like we use Trainerize um, for Flight Deck. And it's, it's, to be fair, it's a great app. It's really, really cool. But just the ability to kind of switch off from that is uh, is kind of nice. So yeah, shameless plug, get the book. It's the best logbook I've ever seen. I, uh, I built it from the ground up. It's nice and chunky as well. It's like an A5, like I say, so it's not gonna get scrambled up and lost and you know screwed up in your gym bag. If you want it, um, just go to slcoaching.london and go to like the store or something. It will, it will be there, I'm sure. Cool, okay, okay, okay. So next question then. Are you training muscle groups multiple times per week? For reasons that probably deserves its own podcast, you know, the typical kind of like leg day, chest day, back day, arm day, uh, you know, has been debunked as the optimal way to train. And we know that training muscle groups more frequently rather than blasting and then forgetting about them for seven days is going to be more optimal from a, you know, a muscle building standpoint and what have you. Yeah. And just from like a, a physique standpoint in general. Next question. Are you spending time to warm up properly and mobilize? Yes or no? That's fairly self-explanatory. Uh, are you taking deloads and program time off training? When was the last time you took a week off training? Yeah, these can be really handy, mentally, physically. Are you lifting with intent and have a strong mind-muscle connection? You know, it used to wind me up as a one-to-one -one personal trainer, right? Like I'm all up for having a chat and what have you, especially like, you know, you do a set and then you can rest and we can talk about your weekend and, and what you did or didn't do, that's fine. But like, you know, when someone's in the middle of a really skilled lift, like, you know, a hex bar RDL or whatever, and they're telling me about their weekend and how much they drunk, I'm like, mate, like, you know, there's no way that you're doing this correctly and getting a really good mind-muscle connection, you know? So uh, yeah, think about what you're actually doing. And again, it's just that differentiation between are we now exercising or retraining? There's just a massive differentiation there. And once you kind of understand, acknowledge and get that right, then uh, yeah, it, it really does open doors, okay? And then the last question in this subsection, are you training consistently between three and four times per week? And you might be like, no, Sharif, because I'm a super busy mum or dad or what have you, and I've only got twice a week to train for half an hour, 45 minutes a go. Guess what? That's okay. It's more about what you do, training with intent, training with intensity. Those are two very different things, by the way, rather than, you know, I'd rather someone train twice a week, but they're progressively overloading. They're really going for it. Those sessions are really impactful compared to someone fanning about five times a week, you know, in the gym, 
flapping around, not really doing a whole lot and then complaining that they're not getting the results. Like, I'm afraid it's not, you know, there's this hippie idea, isn't there? Of like, just turn up, that's half the battle. Like, no, it's not, it's not half the battle, I'm sorry. Like, you need to be training properly, progressively and all the rest of it. And if you haven't got, you know, a proper training plan which allows for that, then, you know, what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're easily found. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can get them for free. Obviously, like, you know, my whole thing, part of our key core pillars is now customization. So, you know, a cookie cutter plan will typically get cookie cutter results. It will work great for some people. Will it work great for you? Probably not because it was made for the masses and not you. And that's why, you know, customization is a big part of what we now do to make sure that it fits your lifestyle, it fits your injuries, it fits your preferences, it fits your goals, it fits, you know, your time scheduling because ultimately, you know, it has to work for you, for you. Do you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, there is that. Okay, cool. So we've just done the training success checklist and also the nutrition success checklist. So let's go on to the final section, which is the lifestyle section, which is probably, you know, lifestyle and mindset and probably the, the kind of one which most people skim over. And, you know, it's the most important one by far, by far, by far. Okay. I could really kind of deep dive into every single one of these questions and I won't do because, you know, um, I kind of made a commitment when I started this to, to kind of make them 10 to 15 minutes long. Um, and obviously this is a little bit of a different format and what have you, but we're already getting close to what, 20 minutes or so. So question number one, are your goals and your actions in alignment? Guess what? If you tell me and tell everyone you're trying to lose body fat, but you're out every weekend getting absolutely sourced up, probably not going to work well, is it? You know, are you, are your actions and your goals aligned? You know, if I knew nothing about you and I just watched you for a day, how would you feel if I was like a fly on the wall, big brother sort of vibe? Would you be proud of your actions and your values and your habits and your standards and your routines? Or would you be a bit like, shit, I'm saying I want to do all this, but I'm not doing it. So, well, have I got some hidden values there, some hidden beliefs, some different things in which I'm now attached to? Yeah, a really powerful question. Um, cool. Number two, do you have a positive self-dialogue? How are you actually coming from, you know, this whole thing? Is it a case of, you know, I've had ladies literally call themselves a fat cow out loud, yeah? Not even in their head, out loud, looking at themselves. And, you know, you cannot body shame your body to a place where, you know, that you wanna love. And yes, like obviously pain is a really big driver of, um, you know, of behavior change and what have you. My phone just went off, we're gonna keep it one take, one take. Pain is a big driver of behavior change, right? But at the same time, you know, it has to come from a place of, of love and like wanting to get better, not because you, you know, you absolutely hate yourself and you detest yourself and you're embarrassed and you're ashamed and there's so much guilt surrounding, you know, what you're now doing with food and all the rest of it, right? So, you know, prompt that kind of pain to make sure that the, the change is there, but not in a way in which is a negative self-dialogue because that will just simply rebound and no one ever got the body they loved through, you know, talking to themselves badly in a way in which they, you know, they hate themselves. So definitely something to consider. And number three, do you have a crystal clear vision of where you want to go? Yes or no? And a lot of people don't. And then they don't know how they, you know, they don't know what it's gonna feel like when they get there because they don't know where where, where there is. If they've got wishy-washy goals, they don't know how it looks, how it feels, what's gonna happen when they get there and they're just kind of fumbling along you make this fat loss thing a lifestyle, quote unquote, and that's crap because then you get all the negatives of fat loss, the food focus, the hunger, the lethargy, the what have you, and you don't even get the results because essentially you haven't put a deadline in place because deadlines, just, uh, pardon me, deadlines uh, drive decision-making, right? So your decision-making probably isn't, you know, there's not, there's not necessarily that heat under it if you don't have a strong deadline because like who cares if you mess up this week or next week 
because there's there's no outcome there's no you know consequence to that there's no deadline whereas like why is it then when someone books a holiday a photo shoot a wedding or whatever they get their shit together because there's a deadline yeah and you want to you want to make that deadline all right wicked all right then so number three after a setback are you quick to pick up and move on or do we basically self-sabotage I'm going to leave it there because, listen, that, that could literally be an entire podcast episode. All right. Um, cool. Next one. Do you consistently do the things you said you would do? Have we built up that trust, that confidence, that skill set within yourself that actually feels good because you do the things you said you were going to do? If you tell yourself you're going to meal prep and hit 10K steps and you don't, how does that feel compared to when you actually do? It feels very different, does it not? Even if no one else knows about it, right? Cool. Uh, do you journal, practice gratitude, or have any kind of affirmations? It just kind of is what it is. Are you doing those uh, practices or not? And again, if not, no right or wrong. It's just raising awareness around the fact that like, oh, journaling can really help. And, you know, gratitude can really help. And there's been studies on this. It's not just like, oh, some, some hippie thing. It, you know, practicing gratitude can literally change the way that your brain actually looks, your perceived outlook on the world and what have you, the, the kind of lens in the prism which you actually see the world, which is mad you know just by practicing gratitude believing in it you can physically change the pathways the neurons in your brain i think that's pretty nuts very cool all right uh would you say you're always solution focused and i'm i'm very quick to listen to the way in which a client or anyone will ask me a question yeah even again when i was a one-to-one -one personal trainer right sometimes you know uh in the staff room it'll be lunch or whatever and like people ask me oh Sharif is this good can I eat this I'm like mate I'm not the food police I don't care what you eat just let me eat my lunch in peace let's talk about something else and move on but clearly it doesn't go like that the point is though right you can quickly tell what people actually want via the question they're asking the tonality but also the way in which they now present it let me give you an example right um hey Sharif carbs are bad right that is a closed question yeah that is just uh, wanting validation of what they already believe is to be true. They are not open to you being like, well, no, carbs aren't bad because one, two, three. Yeah. Next question. Hey, Sharif, I'm really confused right now. Like I heard carbs were bad. That's been my understanding, but I'm a little bit all over the place with it. And what are your thoughts here? That's an open question. That person is willing to be educated and to you know learn differently from what they already believe to be the truth. I've got all the time in the world for that. And the same when it comes to solutions. So when a client is now presenting me with a problem, hey Sharif, um, you know, not losing weight, help, yeah? Again, that's quite closed. They just want the answer. Whereas actually we try and give our clients autonomy with their decision-making so that eventually, you know, they no longer need us. And don't get me wrong, we've got some people who have been in our coaching program for quite literally since day dot and they haven't left, yeah? Not because, you know, they haven't got a result, but just because they value the support, the accountability and what have you. But, you know, ultimately we want people to fly the flag on their own eventually, whenever that time may come. And, you know, to have the ability to kind of get solution focused about things rather than just like, there's a problem, you know, there's a problem and what? Like, what's the solution? Like, what have you tried to get to the bottom of it? Again, if now someone, same person comes to me and goes, hey, Sharif, I'm really stuck at the minute. My weight hasn't moved. Um... I think it could be because of one, two, three, and I've tried four, five, six, and it's still not working. I'm a little bit stuck right now. Um, what are your thoughts? I've got all the time in the world for that, and we will get to the bottom of it. Because again, they've now demonstrated their solution focused rather than just like, here's a problem, I'm stuck, like stamping my feet. Do you know what I mean? You don't actually want the, the solution to the problem, okay? So how you ask questions literally says everything about the type of answer you actually want to get, yeah? Gold, if I may say so myself. Very cool, okay. 
last three team so are you a bigger picture thinker you know this could be anything from like do you get wound up over a one high weigh in on the scale or can you now see the forest for the trees and realize okay cool my weight spiked because of this and that reason but i'm down 15 pounds and i'm feeling good or are you you know are you kind of caught up in the day-to-day in the weeds and you can't see the forest for the trees you're not very kind of you know process focused um so last two this one do you find yourself getting caught up in comparison and again social media and instagram is the worst place for all of this nonsense but essentially comparison is a thief of all joy and if you're comparing your journey to anyone else's apart from yours rest assured you are sucking the enjoyment you're sucking the fun you're sucking the results out of the journey for you for no apparent reason because guess what there's always going to be someone you know better looking more money um more muscular leaner happier healthier fitter live longer like it's just you know it's just because it's so in your face and also treated like the norm which you now feel bad about you know the fantastic progress you're actually making which makes no sense hey but something to certainly be aware of and then the last one do you take ultimate ownership for both your wins and your losses because let's be honest and this is going to sound a little bit triggering but it's true whether you believe it or not whether you like it or not it's true yeah based on your past actions current you know behaviors standards and routines and the things in which you've done in terms of the amount of food that's gone down your neck and also what you've done with your feet in terms of movement you look exactly as you're supposed to at this current point in time given that okay and if that makes you angry and if you're going to say things about oh but i'm older in my metabolism if you're going to say things like oh my genetics if you're going to say things like oh that again please understand you are now actually finding a reason to not implement and you're putting the barriers up rather than like taking full ownership responsibility and be like yep you know i might not be where i want to be yet but guess what it's all on me and i know what to do to get there sort of thing you know it's that it's that ultimate ownership because you know even coaches on instagram right like, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I truly believe that our coaching is the best from what I've seen, from other programs that I've been in, from speaking to other coaches and what have you. A, what it is right now. B, what we've got planned in the pipeline for both programs. It's just incredible. However, the results in which our clients get, they're on them. They're not on me. Yeah. I am responsible for the information. They are responsible for the implementation. And we know that information without implementation is entirely, entirely, entirely useless. I will literally do everything apart from lift the weight and eat the food for someone. Yeah, that's what they've got to do. But when someone gets a great result, that's on them. Just like when someone doesn't, you can, you know, you can have all the kind of excuses in the world about, oh, but my granny was in town and, and then like the, the chef made me eat it. And then like, oh yeah, broken toe. So I like couldn't train my upper body. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just some people that get it done no matter what. And there's some people that come up with excuses. Okay, so just own it either way, either way. If you're not where you wanna be right now, fucking own it. If you are where you wanna be right now, guess what? You probably need to pat yourself on the back and be like, do you know what? I've done really well. And it's not because of me, your coach, or anyone else that you're following because you've done the work. That is on you. So I need you to own your wins just as much as, you know, if things aren't going your way, that is again, your responsibility as well. All right? Team, I really enjoyed this session. Hopefully you got a lot from it. Again, it'll be a massive shame if I heard from no one off the back of this session because then A, I don't know how to, you know, produce more content, which is going to hit the nail on the head. But B, I want to know kind of where things are at for you right now, where things are great, where things are not so great. So we can iterate, we can pause, we can improve, we can adapt, and we can make sure that ultimately you've got all the tools to move forward, whether you do or not. Again, it's entirely up to you. But if I can now provide you with everything that I can and my power, well, hey, at least I can sleep well at night. All right. I'll see you for the next episode. Have a great week.
and hopefully this has been valuable, impactful, and uh, looking forward to uh, chatting to some of you off the back of this episode. All right, team, in a bit. Nice one.